Most of you by now know that I work at VIP Mortgage. A lot of you may not know why or how I got there. For us as LOs, we have a lot of options. And for me, VIP Mortgage was the perfect fit and the best place, in my opinion, to work. So if you have any questions about VIP Mortgage as an LO, or if you are a consumer and you're looking for a mortgage, you can reach out to me on social media, or you can reach out to anybody else that you may know at VIP Mortgage. And our website is VIPMTGINC.com. Our next guest is a fellow podcaster, a financial advisor, and a marketing guru. Uh, we had him on today to talk a lot about his marketing background and, and how it's helped drive his business and his client journey. He's a big fan of John Rulin and Giftology and uh, the client experience, so to speak. So please welcome Andrew Raffel from Baintree Wealth Advisors. Welcome everybody to Real Talk with Ryan Madrid. We have, uh, again, we have my sister over here helping with the production of social media. And we have Dylan. He's my adopted nephew at this point. Um, and he's over there doing the post-production work for us. So thanks, guys. Uh, today we have a special guest. He is, I think, probably the second guest we've had that actually has his own podcast as well. So it's good because it's uh, you know it gives me an opportunity to maybe go and get on yours as well. We'll see how today's <laughs> show goes. Thanks. Well, that's that was the whole point. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyways, I have uh, Andrew Rafal here with Baintree Wealth Advisors. And uh, a Andrew's office is over off uh, Indian, oh, I'm sorry, McDonald and Scottsdale Road, correct? Uh, Indian Bank. Indian Bank, Scottsdale yep. Road. Just moved in? Just moved in about three weeks ago, uh, right across from the train park. Right, right there, across. Ruth Chris, Wildflower. Great, great building, all redone. We'd like to thank the great Amr. Who, Amr. Uh, yeah, the Everwest uh, really took it up a notch. So we we took a shell and you know we saw the vision of what it could be and uh, the last six months just working with them and a company called PDO and uh, it's it's a beautiful spot now. It is. I mean, that was one of those places over there that was always kind of weird because it's in, it's in an incredible area of town, but for some reason it was just, it wasn't like super fixed up even though the opportunity was like incredible as far as location wise. So now it's like where it should be. It's super nice, really high end. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and they're, <clears throat> I think just the, the money that they're putting into it and the lobby and just even yeah. the smell that they have, it's like a hotel smell, like little things like that are going to go a long way. So we're stoked and, you know, having the staff excited and feeling proud coming to work, you yeah. know, and you see the big Baintree sign up there, which, you know, we'll get into kind of the creation of, of the company itself, but uh, it's just cool. It's a cool feeling to know yeah. that, uh, you know, they are excited and happy employees mean yeah. productivity, which is always No, cool. I think it's good to change it up a little bit. We were talking yesterday with, uh, we have our office in Tempe and they're moving out of their space and they actually owned it. Then they sold it like maybe two years ago and now- the uh, the landlord, so to speak, now wants to raise rent a little bit, but they're just like, so they went and looked at some stuff. Kurt Kramer's deal down in the like the Alexander out in uh, Chandler, few other, few other spots, and they're like, dude, 
we just need like a whole nother vibe. Like it does just the energy level needs to change. Like we want our, our staff to be excited and uh, same sort of thing. So it's just, every so often it's good to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, we, um, with the AV, I think I went a little overboard, ended up, uh, <laughs> I think I got like 18 Sonos in there now, it's like four zones. <laughs> and then I started, once we started doing this thing on them, like, what, what did, I, and I looked at the bill and I'm like, oh, that's what happened there. But <laughs> so, um, you know, after today's show, we'll go over there. We can have a little dance yeah. party. Nice. He's got a little nice, nice little podcast room that's getting developed as well. So yep, yep. that'll be good. So let's, let's talk a little bit because a lot of, <clears throat> Some people know you. A lot of people on this that are probably going to listen to this do know you. Um, so we know each other from EC70. Yep. Um, you're a financial advisor. I was your. I get your legacy, <laughs> SAY money, by the way, which is good. You're welcome. <laughs> and you'll be taking me out to dinner. Yeah. Supporting Arizona youth. Um, so let's back up. So when you got, you came from Cleveland, right? Came from Cleveland. I was actually, I was in Chicago a couple of years right okay. after school. And moved out here 2001. Okay. Um, you know, it was like Chicago tech boom. Was working in the tech space, bust. Company got bought, sold, and it was time. At that point, I had to make a, a decision. Do I stay in Chicago, which I love, but winters were just brutal. No sunshine. Almost like too many friends there too. So right. me and a girlfriend at the time, she got a job out here. And I said, I'm in. Uh, so I remember that I went back to Cleveland to get some stuff together. It was like St. Patty's weekend. So I spent my last St. Patty's in Cleveland and, you know, did it up still, uh, still living back then, like 24, 25. Right. So, uh, liver was a lot different back then, but, uh, you know, came out here and, um, you know, just didn't know anybody really, you know, found a job in a company called International Crossing, which is now a big global digital company called iCrossing. So I was back there in the day, there was like 10 of us. Mm -hmm. This was before, like you probably remember Alta Vista was still. Oh yeah, Lycos. Google was just trying to, like we didn't even know what Google was, but we were selling this dream of search engine positioning. Yeah. And it was hard calling people, you know, it was all on the phone and people were like, I don't even have a website. What do you, I don't even understand you're trying to sell me on this stuff. So it was like, it was old school, you know, we'd wait for the fax machine and there'd be a deal and you know, hit the gong. It was, a, it was an interesting space. Definitely interesting like sweatshops. So do a lot of guys from Cleveland move to Chicago? Is that how it works? Of, you know, I went guys to my, and girls, sorry. It's easy, you know, mm. pop over there. Um, you know, I went to Miami of Ohio, so I had a lot of college friends that moved there. It's one of, you know, I think yeah. Chicago is one of the better cities. Oh yeah, for especially sure. Especially summertime, you know, so it's, it's a good place when you're right out of school. Yeah. Uh, good food, good opportunities. Delta Chi fraternity was founded in Miami of Ohio. There you go, Delta guy. Yeah, <laughs> I think Phi Delta too. A bunch really? of them, yeah. That looks like a cool, a cool school to go to, though. As far as like just like the old world, you know, look of it all, and and but it's still in. Where's it at exactly? I don't even know. Let me think. No, it's a, <laughs> I'll look it up right now. It's in uh, Oxford, Ohio. So Oxford. it's about forty-five minutes outside of Cincinnati. You drive two hours from Columbus. Why'd you, you go there? You know, it was it, Ohio State. It was easy choice to go there. Back then, my Ohio was a pretty tough school to get into, so I didn't even know if I'd get into it. Uh, I was thinking University of Florida, some other schools, and it was kind of just the easy decision. Yeah. Um, before I busted up my shoulder, I was thinking of like Division Two football. So having the shoulder situation, it kind of forced me to get out of that, which mm. was great. Um, in Miami, was for four years. It's kind of the like the epitome of this college campus in the middle of cornfields. You get in there, brick buildings, you know, 16,000, 17,000 kids. Yeah. 
Uh, a little NAU-ish, maybe? A little bit, yeah. <clears throat> Smaller. Uh, and just fun, good times. You yeah. know, it was, uh, you, you, you worked hard, but you had a lot of good times. So you came out here, and then you worked for iCrossing, and then... How, so there's a lot of guys that, that we know that from Cleveland though that I thought you guys were all like boys or did you guys all meet out here like yeah. Turbo and oh, Cleveland Cl little Cleveland Mafia so <laughs> yeah, exactly. so uh, Turbo and David Baum and Cronenberg a Creighton? of others Creighton's from the Clevelandish area you okay. know like uh, Canton so okay that's right cradle of football there Cotler. Uh, Kotler. So all of these these are all grew up in the same town most of them okay um, Turbo and Baum couple years younger than me. So I was, I think, two years ahead of them. So we all knew each other. Small school that yeah. we all went to. Cotler a few years younger. But um, wow. so we kind of crossed paths. But not until, you know, I moved out here in several years, you know, probably about 2009 or 10 is when we all started running together. But those guys have been tight. And, you know, they kind of one moved here and then the other moved here. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it's unique having that camaraderie because, you know, you got the Midwest feel. We all yeah. still, look, you know, diehard Browns fans and just, you know, your Cleveland boys have your back. Right. You know, right. I still have a couple of friends that don't live here, but, you know, you can count on your yeah. your people, you know, that will have you no matter what. So what happened then? So you left iCrossing. When did you decide that you're going to get in the financial advising space? Like how'd that happen? Yeah, so I fell into it back 2003 or so. You know, it's kind of like, even though if I stayed at iCrossing, probably would have been a good thing, but it just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And uh, decided to make a change and I started working for this insurance firm, you know, a little bit of estate planning as well. So a friend of mine got me into it and right away and it just felt right. Like I'm, I'm dealing with individuals, you know, 50 and 60, listening to their story, being able to yeah. help shape as much as I could at that time, you know, building out for them what can help them, you know, reach these. How old were you at this point? 26, okay. 27. So did you find that, am I close enough to the mic? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Did we? Did you find that um, being that young, but you probably looked really young too because you still look young. That thank you, Ryan. You got fifty and six year old guys. They're they're entrusting you with their yeah. like in their insurance and their money and their life. Like yeah, so that's definitely a tough sell. it was a challenge, and and that was where I kind of poured myself into because of that fact. Like no one like just learning everything I could. Right. Not come, you know, from Miami, Ohio was uh, studied marketing, finance and acting. So I had a little bit, but it's not like I went to the, you know, wall street and I didn't have this training. Right. Yeah. So it was trying to learn everything I could and presenting on that education side, but it was definitely a challenge. And, you know, one thing that this company did, which was kind of that hard knocks again, is they would set us up. This was back, you know, my first year or so with them and they'd have a phone room that would set up appointments for us. And it was mainly out there in the field, right? So uh -huh. this is back when, I mean, you had flip phones, but we you you didn't have Google Maps. Right, yeah. So I had this like McNally, like I had like, that <laughs> yeah. big old thing. And, yeah. and you know, some of the, the people are like, what are you talking about? But like, I'd, I literally, I'd have an appointment and I'd be out in surprise and- And you're not, you don't know anything about like I'm anything like, but Scottsdale at this point. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, so it was an interesting to learn about yeah. the, I was able to learn about Phoenix just be, yeah. but I then I'll have to be in Mesa like an hour later and both of them no showed me. It was like, so you've, you have yeah. these days where you're just like, what am I doing? But right. the fact that that young having to, I mean, I don't think you can do this now going to somebody's house, not pre-COVID, whatever, but like right. you can't do that in today's world. But going in there and having to like knock, 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 who the hell, who is this? And yeah. building that and getting them to, you know, understand who you are and trust you and then decide to move forward. So it was like, it was power course of building these relationships, right? And yeah. so 
did that, but I, you know, even though that part of it wasn't fun, it was still, you kind of knew that this is where I was destined. You know, it was like, I was able to bring kind of a multifaceted approach to what I could help them do. It wasn't like selling them stuff. It was more so building the relationship. So I like that side of it, right? Yeah. Listening. It's almost like you're a therapist. Right. It's probably like why you like the podcast side. You yeah. Know, you get to ask questions, dig in, you know, I'm for not, sure. You know, you, yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Um, so, so then about six years into that, yeah, I, I basically stayed there for about six, seven years and helped grow this company, built, uh, you know, made somebody a lot of money. Um, and at some point I knew I needed to go do this on my own. Yeah. Um, so this was like around 2010 and me and, and my ex partner at the time that had worked with me since like, Oh, three, we said, you know, let's, let's do it. And we were able to negotiate where we took a hundred of our clients each. Because the uh, the management didn't really understand that we had relationships and that yeah. they're like, oh, we probably got everything out of it. Good, take them. You know, so I still remember this day. Like, and he, I don't think they knew that we were actually partnering together. But I remember walking out with with my files, and I knew that that was going to be my lifeline to to to, to start this thing. Uh, but you know, it's 2010. I've got a f probably like a three year old, and you just didn't even think about it. I'm like, I know this is going to work. Now that I think about it, I'm like, shit, I had a you know, I had <laughs> yeah. this mortgage, you know, all the, like, what was I doing? But yeah. you just, you just make it, you know, in your mind, you're like, I'm going to make this thing happen. Right. Um, so it was a good stepping stone. And then what I realized is I needed to be able to provide a brand. I wanted to build a brand and I wanted to be able to provide to clients all these things that I wasn't able to do there. You know, it's more yeah. of like a one-stop versus now, what the dream was, let's build a comprehensive planning firm. And let's so are you a financial uh, planner or? So we're a- It's a designation, right? Yeah, we're investment advisor. Okay. Um, I've got CFPs on staff. So okay. we are a, what's called a registered investment advisory firm. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that we're under a fiduciary standard, but basically we do planning, we do investment management, we help clients basically quarterback it all, right? Bring it all together. So whether, you know, somebody's 45, they're a business owner, they're running and gunning. It's like, okay, let's help get your personal and your, your business in, in, get it in tune, get it aligned, help take things off your plate. So like estate planning, making sure the insurance is set up um, right now with taxes, you know, taxes are going to be a big thing. So like if we can help save them on taxes by putting money X, Y, and Z, you know, those so are the type a, of things. You have a, so an accountant on staff, a planner on staff, or do, you, or do you, or do you just like network that so out? So CPAs, we network out. Okay. You know, so we have a lot of good relationships with them. Um, we, because we take a different approach, we actually get referrals from CPAs, which in yeah. our industry, that's like a very, very rare thing. Um, there's 11 of us right now. There's uh, just hired another advisor. So there's six advisors Then we've got support staff. We've got marketing. Um, that's one thing we'll, uh, we'll touch on later, but like we're, we're a financial services firm, but I'm a big believer in marketing yeah. and, and you, you know, you, you got to market in our industry. A lot of people don't market. And that's some of the things that we've done over the years to help separate us and to help position us where it's a smaller firm you know, we got to compete against the bigger players. Yeah. And so you got to build a niche. You got to build, um, from us. We want them to see, we're not just a stodgy firm, you know, that yeah. we've got you know, younger people, but we're like individuals, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and trying to build that out. So let's go back to you guys leave the other company and your partner. And then now you're starting this new deal, took a hundred clients over. You had to find space, phones, computers, you know, all that, just the, the P and L side of things. Like how difficult was that process? And like, how quickly did you guys get up and running? And let's talk about like the, 
the the bad shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like how, cause I know it wasn't all like rainbows and puppy dogs. No, it was, I mean, this is 2010. So like the, the, <laughs> the, the reset, you know, the depth of the recession was still affecting, yeah. you know, especially in, in your market, you know, you guys didn't really feel it till like 10, 11, 12. Right. Um, so the, the positive of that was like 2010, we were able to, to, to leverage that and get a really good lease. Uh, so we, uh, 3,200 building 32 Camelback 3,200. Yeah. Uh, so we were able to get in there. But yeah, it was like, what are we doing? We've never done this before. Fortunately, it wasn't just me. So I had this other partner and we brought some other people. So like we had, it was like kind of hands on deck, uh, but we had to go like, you know, like furniture. Wow, that's 50 grand. Seriously, right? What is that? Like, that's the one never... thing I, that I hear all the time lately is nobody knows how expensive office furniture is until you go to buy it. And it's like different line items and you <laughs> yeah. can't figure out anything how it works until yeah. you get the bill and you're just like, and, and it's always right. like 50 to 80 grand. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're kind of stumbling around on that and phone systems. It's like, what do we use? And so now we have to get a server, you know, right. now we have like box and the whole thing, but it's like all these little things. It's like, wow, you didn't think about each and every piece of it. So, um, you know, I still remember when we, we opened up, we didn't have our furniture yet. Usually with furniture, it, it usually is late, right? So we had like these poker tables and we're bringing clients in. They're like, it's a nice building here, but <laughs> right. what is going on? You've got poker tables, you've got no, like no, no phones working. So at that point, you just like put your head down and you're just like, I mean, we, we got to make this thing happen. And, and again, it comes to the fact that I think I had the relationships with these clients because mm -hmm. if, if I'm like a lot of these advisors, right, they leave these firms and they don't really, they can't bring the clients, right? Because yeah. then there's lawsuits and things like that. So if I had to start it from scratch, there's no way, you know, and that yeah. was 2010. It's even harder to do that now because it's like, I'm 30, we've got this new firm, who are they? And I'm trying to, what, do a workshop or I'm doing yeah. this or that. And they're like, no, no way. So having that core baseline was the one thing that saved us. But well, I mean, tough. like the relationship side of things, I think this is a great point to make. It's like, you're 30, you're dealing with, with probably more like 60 year olds, right? Trying, and they're probably, I'm just assuming this stuff, obviously, but like, I think that if I was looking down at like a 20 year old trying to do stuff right now, and then I saw them just like putting themselves out there and they're like doing scratching and you know, clawing, trying to make it all work, I would have respect for them. I'd be like, dude, I like this because you have a relationship with those people already. They probably came back and they saw the poker table. I was like, they're going and they're doing it. Like yeah. they're trying, they're hustling. I think so. You know, I, th I think a lot of them looked at me as like their son in the, yeah. you know, and Same. some of them have been with me. Like, so if let's say, I mean, I have some clients yeah. been with me since 05. So they've seen this evolution of it and even like moving then to, from, from, you know, growing strategy. So the company was strategy financial group uh -huh. and it's still around doing great and still really good friends with, with my ex partner. Um, so, they've been able to see me grow and evolve and they feel they're, they're proud of it, you know? Yeah. And, and I think you're dead on, you know, so they, 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 they trusted me and they came to that office cause they knew we we're going to keep doing good work for them. Um, the key though was like the team, right? So that was one thing I learned as a business owner is that if you don't have the right team, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're dead in the water. And it took a while to get to where we are today, but you know, just trying to like, now all of a sudden I'm a good advisor, but now I got to become a business 
owner or business and person, a manager right? and HR, and right. Like and handle tech and like marketing. So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. if you don't have that right team that, that you can designate things to or yeah. know how to designate, you know, so like you're just learning on the go. We call it like the accidental business owner. Right. That's yeah. a lot of times in our industry. Yeah. It's like, we weren't, we're all of a sudden 10 people, yeah. like 11 people. Uh, so it was a little bit of like, you just put your head down and you just knew you couldn't, I wasn't going to fail. Right. Yeah. You know, I think if I look back now, you know, I'd probably be like, what was I thinking? But, you know, just like any entrepreneur, you, you just have that vision of what you want it to be. Yeah. And, you know, you just grind it out. So let's discuss a little bit about the people then. So if you have your team, right? So, well, so you're with strategy, right? That was you and your partner. That was the company you guys created. And then eventually you left him and started Bain. Or, Correct. Did I say that? Bain Tree. Bain Tree. I'm like, that's a person and Superman. Or, <laughs> Bain is, uh, yeah. is it uh, Mar- Batman? Ba- Bain is, yeah. Maybe, no. Somebody Bain. help us here? Anybody? <laughs> He's like, I have no idea. Um, um, yeah, so Tom Hardy played him, though. I know that much. Yeah, you're talking to the Warrior. wrong comment. I'm not a comment. Yeah. <laughs> that was Bane. That was Bane. There we go. Baintree. So you, you started Baintree. So anyways, getting back to the team and having the right people, when you're, did you have trouble with like managing like their, like what they were doing to day to day? Did you have a lot of turnover? Um, at, at strategy, I kind of let part of the benefit there is I had the, you know, the, the my expert. That was Calvin. his side. I, you know, he was better at that or I just didn't like, Hey, yeah. go do it. So I was able to just like focus on my stuff. Right? right. So I didn't have to wear all those hats with that. Also then that brings challenges, right? Because then maybe it's not going the way that I want. Um, there was a third partner involved. And at the end of the day, what happened was they, which they were partners of life. So even though we were running in a sense, like a law firm, our own business with a, sh- you know, we yeah. shared some employees, right. um, it was still one that I kind of foresaw that there was going to be problems. Right. Yeah. And so, and I always wanted to build something on my own. So part of the the benefit, and it took about a year, but because I owned in a sense, my own clients, it wasn't like a divorce, like who gets the Smiths, right. who gets the Madrid. It's like, it was, it was still pretty tough, right. To, to break up and do these things, especially in our space. It's so like compliance wise and things right. of that nature, but it was like, it just, made sense. So I was about five years in there and I knew this thing was going to go down the, the wrong you know track based on that. And so what I wanted to do is build something that I could fully control. And that would mean I'd have to step in and start doing things that I didn't want to do. Right. And at that point, I didn't really have the full team that could make it work. I didn't, you yeah. know, I didn't know what I didn't know at that point, right. but like Baintree, for instance, a lot of people are like, what is that? You know, and if you go to our office, you that see was my it. next question. Baintree, that's because I'm a podcaster. I'm already thinking ahead. Hey, so tell us about Baintree. How did you come up with the name? So, you know, when we think of a name you in in any space, but you want a name that's like powerful. And for me, I wanted to build a name that like nobody knew, kind of like even Nike, right? Like that that didn't exist. And all of a sudden it's a thing. Uh, So back to Cleveland, back to my roots. So there's a street real close to mine. I can't say I lived on it, but I was like right next to it called Baintree. Right. It is B-A-I-N-T-R-E. I'm like, let's do it. Baintree Wealth Advisors. So we did that. We started building out all the marketing. And I went, I was like, I'm gonna do this right. We're gonna trademark it, the whole thing. And so get all the marketing in, spend all this money. And I get this letter, like before we fully launched from Bain Capital, Romney's company, you know, the Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> right. it's like six attorneys on this thing. <laughs> and they're like, You're in breach, right? We're cease and desist, you can't use the name. Yada, yada, yada. Now, 
at that point I had a decision to make, right? It's like, okay, do I want to fight these guys? It's like Bane Tree. There's all these Banes out there. It's like, that's a street that I, it, there it is. But yeah. it, it, what's the, what, what, two years, what if I win? What if I lose? You know, so it's one thing if I was like seven years in and they come after me right. and it's like everybody knows it's BA. So what I did, I sat one and I had like a, a, a glass board like that and I just started thinking and, and I was actually on the phone with my dad and he, we're brainstorming. He goes, why don't you change the I to a Y? And so I get up there and I write it and I'm like, that's looks it. better anyways. That looks <laughs> amazing, right? Yeah. So we go back to Bain. We're like, this is what we're doing. And I call, and my trademark attorney was helping me through all this. I go, why don't we ask him for some money? She's like, what? You're not going to, they're coming after you. I go, well, look at all this like headache. And I got to go spend another 20 grand on marketing. So they gave me a call. I mean, it was like just a win, but like they let, it all worked out. They gave me a couple thousand bucks and it couldn't have been better because now there is no like Bain Tree, B-A-Y-N. It just, it, there is nothing else out there like that. Right. So it's got that name to it. We've got the nice tree. And yeah. for me, it's always got that connotation back to Cleveland. And now we're building yeah. this brand. And then we created a tagline, you dream, we plan. All this stuff is trademarked. So, you know, that type of thing. Like when I come into, when I make that right on Indian Bend now, and I see Bain Tree on that building, you know, it's something that makes, awesome. you know, makes me smile every yeah. time. You know. Did you hire a, a company to help you with like your your message, your vision and all that stuff? Like the so I've had dream we plan yeah, so a lot of that came like just marketing background like okay. I had um, I mean that that kind of stuff comes to me so I had some great marketing people internally that worked with me got a great web designer that's from Cleveland that I work with religiously because you know we looked you know coming from that eye crossing space like I years ago I'm like okay digital is going to be the thing that self sets us apart so with digital marketing it's it's one that it's a long game. Um, but like what we looked at on that is, you know, having the tagline and then being able to present out who we are in a, in, and create the website. So it's very like, it's user-friendly. And then the other thing was like the content, right? Content's king, like the podcast. I looked at 2017. I used to do this radio show back in like 12. It was some BS show, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays. And I'd spend all this money in 30 minutes and then it's gone right? It's in the ether. And no matter yeah. how good are the, you and I could have had the best show. Right. And yeah, we had some people listening to it, right. but where it's gone now. So right. podcasting. AM radio or? It was AM radio. Yeah. It was like maybe. KFNN or whatever. Yeah. One of those where you'd pay to 15, play. 10, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd go in there yep. and you'd shoot it. We'd actually, I, wasn't doing it. We never did them live. We did them like Thursdays okay. and then it would play and then you'd have a call to action. They'd call in and you'd actually, yeah. you'd get leads. But yeah. like then it's it, there's nowhere that it lives. Yeah. So that was the one thing with podcasting I looked at years ago. It's like I like this medium. You know, I listen to it. Mm -hmm. I can now bring on guests that I can learn from, and let's build a whole show around it. And then it lives forever. And then it ultimately that helps on search engine positioning and things like yeah. that. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, he is a competitor of yours, but a friend of mine. I mean, I not really a competitor. Did same thing. Yeah. But he was in sports radio here forever. And then he became a financial advisor right around the same time I got in the mortgage business, probably eight years now. And uh, he still does a radio show like every morning on, I think, 1510. And uh, it's like, that's like his deal. Like that's his marketing. He's just been doing, he's been doing it for 30 years now, like as far as like something, but he was a big, pretty big name for local sports radio. And, uh, you know, he says, I mean, it's the greatest thing for him because a lot of people still, you know, they're like, we knew you from sports. Now you're over here. Great. 
And they have that, I think with radio and in podcasting is they have that, that comfort level, right? Yeah. Um, with podcasting, like the ones you listen to or your people that listen to yours, they get to know you more than they knew you at all. So there's that comfort level where like in our, your industry, right? They're getting, I'm sure you do this because you enjoy it, but it's also great marketing for you. Totally. So now if I've got all these people to go to with the loan, I'm going to go to which team do I go to? Well, I kind of like this Madrid guy, you know, he seems to bring, you know, he's good good dude brings value and so that's the type of thing with the radio too it's like they they get to know or just like tv yeah. right they get to know and obviously with him knowing that background and having the voice it's, mm -hmm. i think the video side is a huge part of it for me for I, sure. I, it separates it so much for me because i i listen to even like famous people that have their shows that are super popular i lose completely like interest but if i'm watching like once yeah. I get because to me it's like I pay attention to more of like their actions just as much as I do what they're saying. So for uh, for I think that I mean it's great that you're moving into that realm obviously because you're more radio now or more just audio. But um, but I think it's super important. But it comes I was gonna just say something to Trish because it's like she kind of relaunched this for me or we did together. But like it was kind of her idea to bring it back and because I just didn't know how to do it like where to go. Like you were saying like you you have to hire people and you have to figure out who can do the post production or do you go to a company that costs a ton of money? But it's so much more than just this, right? Then you got the social media side of things. You kind of have to keep it going. Then you have the, like you, like we don't get into the SEO things, but it's gonna, we're gonna start, right? But we're just trying to get this thing to a place where, where it matters enough so we can start gaining that traction. But you gotta get people to follow YouTube. So you have to have, you have to have, like you said, call to actions of some sort because it doesn't just, it's not great just to have it post on iTunes. Yeah. Like you have to have people going to YouTube and liking and subscribing. You got to know the Instagram and if you have followers, you got to go to Facebook and LinkedIn and it's just a whole thing. So I, I see people that like just do this as a living and you're like, well, you could just do this as like, it's that, it's got, is that much work if you really did this every day? It'd be freaking tons and tons of work, but it definitely can bring money and value. And so for me, I don't know anybody else in my industry that does this here in Arizona, like on a regular basis. So it's kind of like we got, I'm hoping that, that it works, but it has worked f so far, right? Well, when you, how, how do you know? Because we've had people reach out that I've been trying to get for years as our like a partner to send us deals, like agents or advisors, attorneys, whoever, that all of a sudden are just reaching out. Yeah. And then you get comments saying, hey, I saw your thing. Or I got people that, that like reach out of, you know, somewhere that I don't even know. They want to be on the show. And you then you're like at that point where like you have to evaluate that they like what are they calling you for, right? Do they want to build they want to build their business yeah. on it? And so for us, it's like very we're particular in who we bring, right? Because we want to have people that have like cool stories and they that they can at least teach something to the people that we're doing it to. But I also like having people that I'm close with on it, right? It makes it easier for me personally. We can have a conversation just like this and let it flow than as opposed to people we don't. But we also want to focus on the community. We want to focus on entrepreneurs. We want to focus on all different businesses. I don't care if it's music or a freaking surfer, right? You know, it's like that's that's the approach because, sorry, I'm getting long into here, but I think that people are attracted to people that are doing stuff. May I pipe in for yeah. just a second? Not only everything... Ryan said it was absolutely true because I get people who know I'm his sister or that I work on the show or whatever that out of the blue, they're like, hey, I just listened to such and such episode. So that's awesome. But one of the things that 
I have found to be super powerful is the development of an actual brand. So we've got VIP Mortgage, which has very strong brand, right? The Crawford team as well. But Ryan has kind of morphed into his own brand. I mean, the, the podcast, certainly that I've been working really hard to get that. But I think um, organically for him personally, it's it's he's turned into much more than just a person. You know, he's this larger than life kind of thing here locally. Right. So there is a like a law of attraction thing, I think, going on. And people want to be a part of it. I mean, even if they're not going to come on as a guest, um, they're commenting, they're they're supporting us. And I think the awareness. And they're giving a shit, too. Yeah, yeah. like they actually right. seem to care. You know, it's not just this false, like vapid kind of conversation. They're actually authentically Every single time I see Andy Markham, shout out to Hammy. Oh, real talk with Ryan Madrid. Hey, uh, <laughs> are you doing a podcast? Yeah. But deep down, right, you know, it's like, it's just love, right? Yeah. But you do get the people giving you shit, and then oh, the backside. Yeah, a lot of haters in the beginning, like, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You put yourself out there, you know. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, Vulnerability is attractive, and he's, you know, he's good on on t. You know, you are good on camera, you know. So you kind of have that uh, confidence to you, and you can ground your your guest, especially if somebody who may be a little nervous. You know, you've got to be able to read that, um, but that that's important, and so it is building the brand and it's almost like persuading before they start working with you. Yeah. And that's where like going back when I asked you the question, like somebody asked that to me, we don't know what the return on investment is. What's the ROI of the podcast? I don't know. I know that it's one piece because they're going to come if they hear about Baintree or they hear about me, they're going to go to our website. Yeah. They're going to maybe read one of our original blogs. They're going to see our YouTube. They're going to see we that, you know, I, I wrote a book. They're going to see all those different things, right? And so ultimately all of them, maybe only listen like three minutes of the podcast, but they're going to be like, he's got 60 episodes and he's got these guests on. Yeah. Well, I think that he may know and his yeah. firm may know what they're doing, right? So they're coming, they're getting to know you before they even come to actually sit in your office. And by the time they get there, if you do all these other things right, like what you're doing, then you, your new job's done. I feel like you're, you're so right when it's, I, I get the question, what's the ROI? Like I get that exact question and I kind of feel like I should, like uh from like I don't know the numbers exactly because we don't know because when they when they go to do a loan there's not a drop down arrow box that says well, how'd you find out about us Google Facebook Instagram or the podcast right. we don't have that maybe one day we will though but right but it's like you're going to buy a t-shirt on Instagram they're going to ask you where the hell you or on online they're going to ask you where you came from but it's hard to measure but I do know for a fact that I've had enough conversations where people just have sent deals over just because they just oh they just reminded them maybe it was just that maybe they just saw like a picture of the podcast on social media and they're like oh yeah i forgot ryan does loans like the ror which is hard to quantify i think that's really what that the return, return on, on relationships. relationships oh wow yeah. look at you two look it up is that a deep <laughs> show book <laughs> the uh and there's a, a gentleman uh john rulin who wrote a book called giftology that's what we live by giftology. So he, yeah, so he so he was actually just uh, spoke to us at an EO event, entrepreneurial organization. It's the yeah. second time I've seen him, but he talked a lot about the return on relationships, right? Yeah, and so that goes into a whole different genre there. But yeah, he's great. It's so good, you know. Dude, it's like those gifts. Yeah. Like instead of I don't I don't want a VIP hat. I don't want to. You know, I want something like. Uh, you know how much I talk about this guy, and I give books because I we used him here because Max Hansen knew him from YPO. 
and this is like six years ago. And when I found out about him, I, I called him to do some recruiting gifts. It was like a four part series and gifts. And he just kind of showed me his whole, like the system was incredible. Like, I mean, he sent me a, a Cutco knife set. It probably cost him 400 bucks. Yeah. And it's just says, because we, re, it just says the Madrid family. Yeah. Built exclusively for the yeah. Madrid family with love or something like that. And the message in the card, yeah. you know, uh, it, no, it, it no. was, it said, I'll never forget this. It was right around Thanksgiving. And he goes, after, once we get through Thanksgiving, I hope you can carve some time out to have a conversation. That's all it said. Brilliant. So when we go to like, when we do things here, everything's based upon what we're writing. It's like a play on words or something. We send them luggage, time to move, you know, over to the new company or whatever, you know, like we send them like nice headphones because John has nice headphones, like wooden Bose headphones, right? With like your initials on it. We send headphones to people and like, like listen to, you know, it's your heart or whatever. Like, you know, it's some, some, yeah. something along those lines. But he's super smart, and, and it's so hard to get that past other people that are just so into promotional products because I deal with that all the time because everybody thinks your company name should be on everything you do when really nobody wants to see your company name on a cutting board that you gave out as a closing gift on a home to that person not going to give get break out the cutting board that says more right but if it has their initials on it with love they're going to have that and every time they every use time. that they're going to think about you so do you guys do, do you guys use him yeah. or, or do you well, guys we use, we're big into concept. so we're big into the client experience right so okay. that concept has evolved over the years but we've not used his specific program but through his learn like yeah, you've learned from him us. and the only thing we do now that's branded because I, I the hats are are really cool we do the richardson's hat and what I've done is taken out the wealth advisor. So it's just Bain tree and it's a cool hat. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean the tree itself, like, and it's a powerful hat because we spent the money on it. Right. Yeah. So like, that's something we give away because people wear it and it's something yeah. that like, they're like, just like when we did our uh, a logo out in front and part of it was bomb. And I were rapping back and forth. He's like, no, you're not putting the wealth advisors on. He goes, you just want a big ass Bain tree. Right. Cause you want, what is that? Mm -hmm. And so that's the only thing that we do. But like when a client comes on board, we have this hundred day love program where, you know, at that point they've chosen you. You haven't messed up at all. So you're yeah. at like the peak, right? So having this whole flow of what they get and like something like a simple money tree, we send them, right? And yeah. this happens sometimes within the, when they, you know, become clients or a year later, but the clients love that. It's like a $45 gift, right? But yeah. it's like, they thought about us and they think about it and they see that's my money tree, right? right? Or the gift baskets. Back in the day, it used to be, you know, bank tree this and this and that. Now it's all customized as best we can, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing we do on our top rated clients every year, birthdays and anniversaries, the team gets together a couple of them and they come up with the original, like a gift. So it's not like everyone gets a different gift, yeah. but the gift that we're giving is something that for that year yeah. is something that they remember versus uh -huh. sending them, you know, the cake or like his ruling, you know, he talks about don't ever give gifts around Thanksgiving or Christmas don't ever give gifts around Christmas, <laughs> yeah. right? Think outside the box there yeah. of when they're not getting stuff. Yeah. Um, things like what we do, we have the relationship with the CPAs, right? So we build and harness and leverage these relationships. Pre-COVID, we do once a quarter, The they need CE credits, you know, yeah. like continuing ed. So every quarter we do, we host an event at Seasons 52 where we bring in a speaker, they get to eat, they get their hour, they get to see me and Brian, they get to see, oh, there's Baintree again, Baintree again, right? So again, yeah. return on relationships. What's your return? What's your ROI? I don't know. It's cost me 1200 bucks. I get 25 people in there. Well, since we started doing that, the amount of referrals that we get from CPAs because they know we are not just coming at this way. We are really, yeah. we really believe in our craft. Uh, but what we do around the tax time, right? So with it being pushed to, to May 17th, 
within the next week, they're all, we're going to be hand delivering you know, to like our 15 of these CPAs to their firm, a gift basket, like a spot, like a kind of a relax. You're going to, it's almost through this type of thing. Yeah. So that you know, hand delivered, it's like nobody do else. Do you does hand deliver it or do you have Not somebody? Me, but you, like our you team have, Okay. You have yeah. somebody go hand deliver. Yeah. But it's from, ba like we're having somebody from Bay yeah, Tree that yeah, hand yeah. delivers it. Right. That's, uh, the, yeah. And that's just like, that's just. Like, and it's wow. something like, like, like you said, it's like, so it's the message is you're almost done go to the spa, go to dinner, here, it's everything, just relax. Yeah. And then here's something to help you do that. And you think if That's they're cool. having a way out, okay, I've got two advisors. Yeah, I think they both do a good job, mm -hmm. right? Or I know they do. Which one are they going to, you know, probably yeah. lean towards? Because yeah. we built that, you know, and harnessing those relationships. So those yeah. are the things that like, you got to think outside and it is, you know, spending money can go from that, you know, tenfold in that realm. You can't yeah. think of like so many people in our industry and financial planning, they don't think of marketing. They don't spend on marketing. It's like, it's just how it is. Like yeah. we look and say, let's spend at least 10% of our revenue on marketing. And I always, you know, because I have that marketing mindset, let's try different things, right? Yeah. We have with digital, we have to try webinars. We have to try Facebook ads. We have to all of these different things, but it's like, they're not all going to work, right. but I'm willing to spend the money to, to figure out what works and what doesn't right. work. And that's, you know, for the team that works marketing team on our side, they like that because I'm not just a, a you know, no, it's let's do yeah. it. Let's think about it. And it, uh, it may, three things may fail, yeah. but I'd rather fail and, and know that the fourth one really worked. Yeah. I and mean, you're going to pivot all the time too, right? You might, yeah. something might, those gift baskets are great for a while. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't want to do the gift baskets anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, we go through this whole constant flow of like, everybody got a wine bottle, but when you're doing hundred deals a month, you know, it's like, that's, you're start going, okay, does everybody even drink wine? Like yeah. you don't even know these, right? It's like, there's a lot of assumptions and things and, and, um, it, but the whole client journey and client experience, right. is super important. I think we follow the same sort of like motto. Like we, it's just, everything's gotta be about the people and doing a little bit more than everybody else. Cause you gotta assume they're talking to t at least two other people, right? So if you make the experience better for them from the beginning with something that's meaningful and show them that these people are professional and like, they're a little bit advanced. And it, it, it definitely, this slim chance you're going to lose that deal versus somebody else. Um, yeah. So do you guys ever go through the, like dig down into like, say you really wanted Trisha Madrid. Would you guys go into like her social media and like, look at everything that like, where does she go to college and what is she into? Like, what does she like? And be like, we're going to make a, we're going to get a specific gift for that person. If she's a client already. If you're like, trying to get her as, as a client. As a client. We probably wouldn't go to that detail but what we will do in that process of are they going to choose us or not or are we going to choose yeah. them uh, like one of my guys he's working with somebody that would be a good fit for the firm he knows this guy likes usc basketball right so he went on and he got the ebay and he got this like autographed usc ball. i forgot even who it was but like you know it costs 50 dollars. and so then we send that out with hey we're here to want to help you slam dunk your retirement something yeah. cheesy like that but it's like right you know, that little thing versus something else. So, um, to that's what I was going. So yeah. like for, for maybe recruiting somebody, you would do it more than you would if you were trying to get like a client. Well, this was for, so that was for a client, oh, but okay. like, so I guess, yeah, in, in sense, like, but we're not going to like, um, cyber stock them and just go, you know, no, I'm just curious, like on some, I mean, some things I think it just comes across better. If, yeah. you, find, if you know for sure that somebody is a Michigan football guy, get him a Jersey. Yeah. Which is be what, like, yeah. you know, they'd be like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. So how do At least you, have a conversation. They'll yeah. have a conversation. How do you market to realtors? I mean, I assume that that is a decent uh, referral source for you, right? So having, so with realtors giving us back business or getting them as clients? Getting them as a, a referral partner. 
So them sending yeah. you business or it's, vice versa. You know, it is really? one of the, it, that's a good question. So when we look at the centers of influences, um, you know, you, it is just, I think because it's so fragmented and there's so many out there that um, it hasn't been one that we've, we've dived into. Um, you know, we always, we focus on the CPAs and the state planning attorneys, but I think knowing that they're working in a lot of, you know, people in our I think space, a lender would be, lender, the lender is probably even closer to a better referral source than a, than a realtor. Yeah, and I've, you know, over the years, what we've seen with the lenders, and maybe it's just, it's like we referred out, we never, it's very rare that we've gotten yeah. business in, um, but that could be something that we, you know, you, you and I chat through on, yeah. you know, because uh, like with the question on your side, so like I close, you know, I close a, a, a loan with you. Now, I, you know, I was a great client, but now what do you do? Like, I may never use you again, but like, what are you guys doing to keep, like, how do I, how well, do I stay in tune? It's with a great you? question because that is a, that is a problem I think for one-off people that don't have a good database, but we're so CRM driven here that every single thing that goes on in our life, if it's not in the CRM, it doesn't exist. So our clients have drips for their entire life until they call us and say, stop. Right. calling us so if i'm four years in I, my loan closed in 17 mm -hmm. you're still going to be hitting me yeah once Different a year like hey, birthday or once a year at that point something. but um but if if things are going down like the best case scenario really is if if rates are dropping and you know there's a refinance opportunity technically we should be going through the database and just looking at every single client which we do so we'll pr 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 create a report and it will show everybody that may have a four and a half percent and now the rates are at three and a quarter, right? So all those people technically should be getting phone calls and so, and it depends on how busy we are, but I mean, that's what you should be doing obviously. But I think we do a really good job of keeping past clients um, probably better than most people do in the industry because of the, of how diligent stewards pretty much created. It's very, things very similar to you do as you do. <clears throat> with the client journey and making sure that everybody is like the service level is super high communication is really really high and that we don't leave like things like we're moving hay all the time he loves to say and we don't leave like anything unturned um so when when rates did drop this year we were i mean unbelievably busy and it was mostly i mean you're gonna have some people that call in and just because they loved us from before but we didn't make a lot of outbound calls to try to make sure that people were good. But a lot of people don't remember who they used, right? We think that people that use us, they do because they love, like for the most part, we're, our reviews are all really good. Like they're all super happy. Everybody functions as a, as a team here. And, uh, and if we do, if something does come about that does, that did not go well, we're picking up the phone and we're like, Hey man, like what exactly happened? Like, let us get better. Like we, you know, we're going to, we're not, we're not going to, we're going to own it and we're going to have a conversation about it. And so for you then marketing wise, like when you get a podcast out, are you, are you getting it out to your database too? Hey, Ryan has another show or is that you it's segment a great question that out? as we're, well? We're working on that. Yeah. When we decided to relaunch, um, I started working on a website separately from and then it just got so busy that we've stayed with the one we had that was developed two years ago and it doesn't capture data right now which has been driving me crazy um so we don't have a, a you know a newsletter or an email sign up people obviously can subscribe and then they get notifications when something new is published but i that is something that's on oh, yeah um, we've talked about horizon. even like even like just in in, in embedded in an email right um but, but 
yeah, it's it's happening. Mm. We need to do it. Like you said, um, this could be a full time job, like legit. I mean, to actually market it the way that we would like to, we would need more time, and uh, hopefully, soon we find a system that is you know we get the system in place and then it's easy to execute but right now we haven't even really developed our system yet but sending an email out when episodes drop is it's uh, almost at the top of my priority list yeah because you've got that built-in database it's probably thousands and thousands of people yeah so eleven thousand. yeah so even the one with just just stewart and i like stewart was like was the first guest right and that's still one of our best ones we ever did and i was terrible but it was so co very comfortable with just the two of us. So we were able to just wrap and roll and we learned, everybody learned a lot about us and how right. we, you know, I'm the guy wearing the blazers, 77 Nikes, and he's wearing the cowboy boots. And, you know, it's like, we're so different, but we're so the same. So like the idea was like, how did you two get together? That stories there, even like, you know, some of our agents of the people that don't know. So I think that that episode alone is really cool and that that's us should be like sent out to every single client that we that we've had or every time we get a new client yeah that's get a great to idea us. get to get know to here's ryan and Stu. this is like yeah. where we rolled and the, that's the one thing i've realized over the years you know having all these episodes and the blogs and this and that's like repurpose that stuff totally. right? And, and you have 90 right 60 60, 60. yeah so it's uh but still like most in our industry or not our industry right but at podcasting i think <laughs> the average uh like no one lasts like it's 90 percent that don't get past 10 shows yeah. something like that yeah i know every fuck asshole has a podcast right but it's like are they doing it how is it an eight minute show it's this and that but like part of what you guys can start doing if you're not already doing it but like i we, we pull out little snippets right like a four minute and we'll splice it in like inside of every podcast you could probably have seven or eight different things yeah. that you can repurpose at different things like in the newsletter and social because like you said attention spans are so limited now so they want bite size which obviously you're doing with your your ig stories and things like that but even on youtube having like uh creating a whole playlist of just like four minutes right the so best stuff. that's also super time consuming very expensive to do as well right so we did do that and at the beginning and my nephew was gonna go crazy but that also was before we had the nice cameras and everything too um but you're 100 percent right because if you go to like youtube and watch a joe rogan episode you can watch 15 different clips from that same episode talking about exactly what you want to hear and that's th that's it i think we need to get the likes and subscribe subscribers there too to be there before we start putting a ton of more more you know money into that side of it but you're right i mean that's yeah. what it has to be like gary v is big on that right i mean he does one video and then it goes out to like 32 different places and different sizes you know is it a 30 second this is it a seven minute yeah. that and uh, yeah, he talks about a lot of time, like record something once and then just deploy it all over the place. So when you did that, so that you, that was all audio, right? So they cut out snippets on that. Have you done a video style like that yet? No, I haven't. Okay. The audio is easier because it's yeah. like we use this thing called Wave and I basically, I'll just say yeah. here, I like this from three minutes to 4.30 and then we put it there and then you have that little like frequency. So it looks yeah, like- Yeah, we have a Wave you, account. Yeah, so it's yeah. like that, boom, send that out. It's or, a good idea too, actually. Yeah, we, are, we have the, the account already set up. Just the audio out mm -hmm. and just throwing little clips. A lot easier, you know. You could, and yeah. I actually sometimes just do them because it's like literally with the software. It's like, okay, put the the JPEG in there, so you've got the design, and then you upload the audio, and then it's really easy to. You don't want it more than like a minute, minute yeah. and a half. You want to keep it simple, but then boom, that goes up for one of our Facebook posts instead yeah. of the whole thing. 
but then teases it, hey, listen to more, That's go to this idea. place, or click here so you get a call to action. So um, you also look at marketing interns, you know, so ASU or yeah. Grand Canyon, you know, having them out there because we're, we, you know, I have a financial advisor or planning intern, but that was one thing where now we're in the office, I can hire more people is having mm-hmm. somebody on the marketing side that can work with our current marketing team and do a lot of the grunt work and the stuff that they know probably back at hand because they grew up this way, right? That so would be having- Paloma this summer. <laughs> We need we need she's a grunt. Have me hire my niece too. Okay. Yeah. Keep no. We we need it. We need like database cleanup and what you just said. Somebody that we could just not pay a whole lot, but she already knows how to do that stuff. Look so at it's us. Not we're like, just cr- this is like a uh, a Crawford well, team. Well, dude. So no, like hold on. Planning. Side. So this is where we were going though when we were when we were talking about doing this in your office before the compliance thing came yeah. down. And we couldn't do it, so we were going to have the studio there. Well, it the, our idea was kind of like okay we can have like a studio other people can use we can have people like dylan and trey who are geniuses at like this sort of stuff and people would come to use it and they would you know it's like you you have you having like you said i don't have something like him yeah well you're gonna need it i know (laughs) hey uh can we talk afterwards (laughs) i haven't got a deeper voice he's free he's freelance (laughs) he's got a great job though um so he does this for us as a favor. But Trey will be around. Hopefully Trey will move back from L.A. And, and Trey, so her her son, he went to Toronto Film School, and then he came out, and then he's, like, just doing stuff. But he's trying to still figure out what he likes. It's like, like oh, I'm going to go, you know, make movies, and then you realize you're not really going to make movies. You're going to make rap videos maybe sometimes, and then you're going to do, like, a TV show that you hate. And you're going, okay. Well, corporate maybe, video yeah, work. Right. Or in corporate video work. And you're like, okay, so uh, yeah, I got to figure out a, a, an outlet. But I see this, like, I see the excitement of like Trey and Dylan, like going, okay, could we do something big enough where we could get Trey in here full time? You know, I don't know. But could we do, if we had enough people going to the same studio, but we're not, you know, it's like, we're not like, we're not a it's not all about podcasting, right? you know what I'm saying? But I think it's cool to kind of have like a one-stop shop though. I mean, that's how I started in a place that had a one-stop shop and they were very good at it. But it was expensive at the time for us because nobody really understood what we were paying for. Now we're like, okay, it wasn't that expensive. <laughs> and they did a really good job. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunities for for this. for this. And, and like you said, there's not a lot of guys doing it you're doing. Who else is doing that? Do you know that we know? Anybody? It does podcasting yeah nobody yeah okay yeah i, th- I mean it's it's one and because it, it does take work i mean you, and you have to also genuinely like having conversations like we, yeah. and, and like asking questions and listening and you know like i hate yeah. podcasts or anything where it's like here's the questions i'm gonna ask you and then it's so mm-hmm. like matter of fact and it's about like you you gotta improvise. it's gotta flow better it's yeah. good and and you get better and better i mean i have did you find yourself at the beginning where it was like it wasn't as easy as you thought it was going to be. No, it was always pretty easy for me. No, it, it was one that it, you learn, you know, yeah. definitely um, having in, in confidence in the material. Like I definitely can, pre- I should prepare more, you know, I can you know, fly the hat. Like, okay, I've got this guest on, I'll spend an hour beforehand. Yep. That doesn't really do as much justice, but I can still pull it off. You know, yeah. I've got their different bios and things like that. And for me, 
I work better that way anyway. I just like get into the flow and I don't love to pre-prepare. I just like to go. And yeah. so I know enough things. I'll maybe listen to something that they've been on enough things that I can then take it and know yeah. what direction I want to go. And then you just never know how it's going to go. Um, and, and so I, I think that, I don't know if a lot of people maybe doesn't have that confidence. They don't have that confidence to just do that. They need to be super prepared and to get super prepared means you got to have the time to do that. And that's the one thing that time yeah. is, is finite. And that's where a lot of people look at this and say, well, I don't, right. I don't know. How, how do I get that team and that team and that team? And what do I do? And what's this? And what's Libsyn? And I don't understand. And so it's just, yeah. it's a whole complex world. Yeah. But, um, and that's why there's not that many that do it and do it well. And I found that there, it's all situational, right? So I think a couple of my better ones have been one of each, right? So a, was a person that we know wrote a book and I read the book and I found a ton of stuff in the book that I thought was really cool to talk about. So that flow was really good. I mean, I was asking her questions that she didn't even remember from the book. She's like, wait, did I write down the book? And I'm like, yeah, you wrote this in the book. And then I have conversations with guys like you that we just basically, you know, Bane or Baintree. I mean, it's either <laughs> you're from Cleveland and we're, we're yeah. friends, but, but I know what you do and I know where I know enough about you and where we wanted to go with this because we had a quick conversation, right? Yeah. It was at like six minutes, like yeah. six minute conversation. Right. And we, we have, there's other places we could have gone on this too, but we had a conversation. Should we go with those, those yeah. places? And no, we're not going to go those places. But, um, no, I, I just think that this is a great opportunity obviously for, for people to, want to get out and do something else marketing wise, but I mean, well, and I like having with the banter back and forth or all of a sudden we you know, forget that you're there and then you bring it up. It's like having that little bit of that moderator or it know, actually makes calms my nerves to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Like, you got a I soothing like, voice too. It's like, I'm the where's... Jamie of yeah. real talk. What's that? Jamie? Rogan. Oh, was that, I don't even remember. That's Rogan's. Oh, Little, okay. I guess I don't pitch. Yeah. He only it makes two hundred million a year. It is Jamie. Yeah. Okay. You got me second guessing. Is it, Jamie? It, it is Jamie. Jamie? Yeah. yeah. Or the Monica to Dak Shepard. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. So, um, what was your favorite episode that you've done of your own? You know, the two of them. One, it was actually a live one. So my buddy Zach keeps uh, big real estate guy out here. You he probably owns over two hundred homes and. His kind of his bat. He took a big hit in 07, 08, 09, but just the perseverance of it. Yeah, and I know him real well, and he's just we're good, just rapping back and forth. It was interesting. His side, he's taken now. He used to be behind the scenes and just deals with you know, but now he's put himself out there, right? So he does a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of IG. Like he's he's basically now people are using the wholesale him. world or what? He's or is mainly he... residential, right? Okay. So he's moving deals. I mean, but owning couple yeah. hundred home. I mean, it's, he's, he's a big player. Right? right. And so now he's put himself out there. So it's, just, so that was a fun episode. I did another, and again, it comes back to the live one. I did it with this guy. I didn't really know that well, right? Uh, but we did it on what the Grateful Dead can teach you about business, right? So it was like all oh, uh, aimed at that, cool. which was something that I obviously love the dead and business. And we just kind of tied it all in together. So yeah. like shows like that were, were fun versus yeah. yeah, I brought this, you know, fractional marketing person right. in and this is, she works with series A startups and yeah, you know, it's still, we make it enjoyable, but right. yeah, those are the type of shows that, that I enjoy. You is know, the Grateful Dead guy local? He is. Brian oh, we Moore. should try and get him. That sounds like a fascinating. Brian Moore with Anthem. He used to work for Scouts. M-O-H-R? M-O-H-R. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, believe yeah. it is that yeah. guy. And because if you look it up, that shows, uh, you can, we, that was a filmed one. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, so Brian is, uh, so Max Hansen, that you met, that, that yeah. that's his his ex-business partner. So he brought Brian, he worked at White Scouts for Max that forever, and then he left White Scouts to go start Anthem, that's which true. we're doing. Yeah, we're booked for June 1st with him. Yeah, he actually officiated Max's wedding. And <laughs> 
Yeah. Look at it all coming together. Brian Moore, great yeah, guy. Get him, back. Get him on the guy. show. He's I got the whole music big, background. He's got a big, mu- big yeah, music he, background. He's great. Have him bring the guitar Do in. you know what Anthem's about? His new company? No clue. Okay, so the whole thing is based upon your your team building exercises based upon music. Oh, so he, okay, so he was starting that like two yeah. years ago, but it wasn't Anthem and he was using yeah. music and your stories behind it and right. like your exactly. memories. Yep. Of like, what's the favorite yes. song? What is, yep. Yeah. That's, that's uh, so great. he launched it and yeah, it's going really well. So it, he's doing it then at the corporate level. So you'll do it with, it's like a team. We're going to do it with our team, Okay. but I'm also doing it. He's also doing it for my networking group as well. But I mean, yeah, he's doing really well. That's yeah, great. It's fascinating. When I did the zoom call with him, he's had all these guitars behind him. And uh, so he sent me the link and I created my profile or I started, I still haven't finished it because it's not easy. So you had to like come up with your like, the most um, resonating, like powerful memories you have. And you go through basically like an Apple Music catalog and you have to select a song and then you have to write about how that um, memory is attached to that music and what type of like visceral response do you have when you hear that song and you have to date it. And like, when you go to do it, Ryan, I can actually at you so that you can come in and comment on my memories because a lot of them are tied to you and mm-hmm. the family. It's fascinating. I was so sold um, after I got off the phone with him. I'm like, we have to do this. He says like people just like, because it's a homework assignment, right? But when you come in and do them, he's done most of them have been Zoom, but he's like, he's, he's like people you would not expect or people that have never, never cried. <laughs> you'll see like emotions come out with, and then people, the teams, companies, they all leave. I mean, he did it for West Point one day that I was like, he's like, I got a meeting with West Point tomorrow. Um, you, you see like just people getting just real with like, like, hey, this song reminds me of when my dad died or, you know, something like that. And it brings out this fact that now you get to know Dylan, which I didn't know much about Dylan before that. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's smart. Dude. It's And he's going to, it's going to incorporate with movies down the road and all kinds of stuff. I think it's, awesome yeah i know it's it's super smart i remember when he was coming up with it he wanted like there was a beta on facebook a couple of us were taking so yeah that's great um because it is powerful i mean you can think back to songs and like you can even just like there's one like that song uh, by james laid right it was like probably when we were 93 94 but like i mean it wasn't a powerful moment but like i still remember the car i was in the 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 crew that i was with these girls like what like what we were doing where we were going is like why uh-huh. does that song in, in, you know a, kind of an uneventful night in the scope of everything yeah. but it's still like it brings me back to where we were leaving it's just powerful stuff and i obviously with things yeah like, you know breaking up relationships new relationships passing yep um, but yeah that, that's smart we'll probably have to look at that with our because yeah. i'm sure he would look at it you know i mean team of 10 you know yeah. definitely do that yeah for sure i, I was thinking it. he would be good to bring on the podcast actually like he's a very charismatic oh, for Sure. Oh, super no. smart yeah oh no matt i mean great max guy. said that to me this weekend he's like you got a brian on he's unbelievable <laughs> he's like yeah. a travel I'll, podcast I'll send you guy. the link of our show which is on youtube but he's uh yeah he was great like i hadn't met him until that that time and we talked back and yeah. forth a little bit but uh, what's your favorite like, grateful this song i mean that's it's so so difficult you know it's like it depends on the mood it depends yeah. on the day it depends on the week but there's like you know kind of your your set like that that you love you yeah. know so it's it's hard to you know, I wasn't like, like, I went to the very last show, by the way, in Soldier 95. Field, yeah. Soldier Field, first and last, first show, yeah. left, came back to Phoenix, and like, we were all going to sort of grateful, had dead shows, and then he died before, because he was coming from Chicago to Phoenix, and that week in between, yeah. he died. 
What did you think of that show? It was, it was the greatest thing ever. It was. <laughs> did you realize? I mean, at that time, was it the greatest thing ever? Like, did you really? Oh, like, yeah. You understood? You got? Oh no! Going? I left going like we were. I was with one of my college roommates. It was another guy, Andy Parnell, who's the CEO of Lane Terrelever, and I was went there to go visit him for the summer. He was doing an internship, and yeah, we we experienced yeah. the moment there. Like we we're at the very top of Soldier Field with our back up against the, the the like announcer booth was right up there, and we're just going like we. I mean, we had already liked it. Yeah, we were at NAU. We were listening to Grateful Dead a, a lot, but um, that was like a whole nother experience that that I think that's where you. I see where people get crazy into it. Yeah, and then the, you know, so that's the same thing that's happening with fish, right? Yeah, fish still going or it's EDM a, festivals. I mean, it's all the same thing, right? As yeah. far as like, think you just get like to camaraderie. Follow, yeah, it's you know, and obviously mm -hmm. with those shows. Not like you're not going to go see the Rolling Stones seven times because it's this. How many times can you see the exact same set list? Yeah. But with Fish or you know with you know with Grateful Dead or now Dead and Company, it's like every every show something different right. is going to happen because we're going to pull from the catalog and you just don't know what tangent they're going to go. Solo in there. <laughs> might happen. Yeah. And a lot of what we talk about with the business, you know, with how great what Grateful Dead can teach about business, it's just the you know, what they, they created there in the culture, you know, yeah. and the on like the mini entrepreneurs that are tied into it and that, that whole premise there, you know, I mean, they were also one of the first to, you know, really realize that the power is the fans, right? The fans, let's let them tape, let's let them do whatever they want, because right. then they're going to give you the tape, they're going to give you, the, and then that was the best marketing they could do, right? By having it open it up, they opened it up, That's they kind point. of that, now where we are, everything's open, Back then, that was unheard of for the right. to do that. People are like, "Well, you you can't do that. You got to sell it." Like, no, right. we're going to allow them to tape it, and then they're going to go and so give it to their friend that maybe had never heard. Right, of, like, I got it. How? Because otherwise, you yeah. can't. Like, you know, you think of that show in '95. It's like, how do you really express that to me, who maybe only heard the live album, right? Yeah. So now it's like, no, listen to this tape, and you're like blown away from it. Yeah. Um, so same thing. Like, I mean, I don't know, Dave Matthews, whatever, but he's still doing it, and yeah, people, like no. he just brings good. You know, it's good, good vibe. vibe. And I think especially with this last year, you know, music is going to be, once that starts getting going, it's going to be the, uh, you know, the, uh -huh. the, I think the pinnacle of the, that, that big, just bringing socially and music and kind of tying into what Brian's yeah. doing, you know, the emotions of it. Do you, um, is a Grateful Dead show the best show you've ever been to? Like one, is if any concert? You know, I think for me, um, Beastie Boys, you know, that, that, that kind of, you know, that, that, that resonates with me as one of the better shows just because of the energy, how young I was yeah. at the time. I still miss like the, uh, the hot, they were supposed to play at Hollywood bowl and they pulled out. This was like maybe 2011 and I never been to Hollywood bowl. And like, that was when he first came out MCA with that. He's got throat cancer. Yeah. Right. So like, I was so like that, yeah. that was killer, you know? So that, and you know, Pearl Jam has been put on some great shows. Yeah. Uh, Turbo and I went two years ago to Safeco into back to the, you know, the, the mother's den of it all. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was like still that, that show itself just a couple of years ago was like awesome just to be right there in the whole thing. Um, yeah, know, it was so, at downtown Seattle. Is Safeco Field where the, the Seahawks play? See, uh, the Mariners play. Oh, the Mariners so, play. Yeah, okay. it was, it was awesome. It was good stuff. Cool, man. Well, we've gone a little over an hour, but uh, we usually close out by having some rapid fire questions that are pretty fun. Try to keep them quick with the answers, but you, right. sometimes they go a little deep. Okay. All right. First one. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the one asking them. Uh, name one thing you've learned the hard way. You know, um, you know, you just have to persevere, and you know, know that if you've got 
a goal. You know, I mean, it. The hell are these questions? So, did you have like a like a failure that? Let's see what the hell are these questions? Look at this guy. No, I'm thinking. I'm, right. No, I'm no. Yeah. These are good. Like no, this is. Um, so you know, failure wise. Um, you know, I remember when I started my first company, uh, Rafael Superior Window Cleaning. You know, it was like sixteen, trying to wash windows. Right, so that was I'd never like had to go out door to door, and like for me, even though I was in my own town, like just getting, like the like you know the door slammed in my face by this person that should know me, right? So yeah. like I persevered, and I'm like, okay, I can make this happen, and you just get up and you take rejection, you know, and so ultimately that helped me as I was able to like you know build this little company where I'd. I'd wash windows and I found out years later, my, my mom told me her friend, you know, I just take my shirt off and like, I guess my mom's friends were, <laughs> were watching me and I'm like, damn, you know, like, I missed that boat. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was the first help of like, you know, you got to get back up. Okay. Where's your happy place aside from a concert? Uh, right now it is on, I picked up road biking about a year ago and being out on the road and sometimes with a group or just myself and just being able to take everything else that's on my you know shoulders and the stress and be able to just focus on where I am at that time, whether, you know, I'm a solo, the solo ride, I can just think. Um, and then another is like, I love the sauna, right? So the sauna for me is like, I'll go in there, hopefully nobody's in there and just spend 45 minutes and just get into myself. Uh, so those two places. while you're there. Exactly, exactly. Okay. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Just that, uh, that I care, empathy, and that I am true to who I am. So, you know, not putting on um, a, a front and just, you know, being open and letting, you know, and, and not judging people. Oh, that's great. Uh, what's one thing your mother or father taught you that completely changed your life? Yeah, I, I look at, um, with, with my dad, it was just, you know, grow up in Cleveland and, you know, he was dyslexic growing up. He wasn't supposed to get it, you know, go to trade school and he figured it out uh, for him. He, you know, so work ethic, like just grinding it out, taking care of his family through a lot of things that happened and just never complaining. So kind of watch that, learn from it. And that's the one thing that's instilled in me. And I think out in this town, like versus others, if you work hard, you don't have to be that talented. You work hard, you're working harder than a lot of people. You'll, you're, you're going to just be successful. So that was something that, you know, he, he was, uh, he didn't really teach me. It was me watching him. That's the best way to teach your kids, right? Just by yeah. demonstrating. All right. Uh, one last one. Which author, mentor, or book has been the most influential in your life? Aside from giftology, which you already discussed, but something a little more profound. That can be it. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, it's, it's not like it's a business book, but like Mishner, he's, you know, James Mishner writes these books that are based upon historical facts but puts fiction to it so like for for those books and i've gotten away from reading which really you know is upsetting to me but like being able to, to some of those books are like six seven hundred pages be able to learn of all these different civilizations or these different cities and then tying in a story around it and it usually embarks upon generations that was something that you can't learn that stuff in school so it was helpful to open my mind up and think differently and get away from like all these you know, business books that you read or the Wall Street Journal. So that was something that, um, you know, I hope like my daughter will 
be able to d- d- dig into that type of thing. And it's just harder now because our attention spans so, mm-hmm. so much They're, more. Lighter. Those are, those are going to be out. Those are going to be movies. And then people will watch yeah. them. <laughs> Clips. Clips. All right, that's all. That's I, a great answer. That's all though. I had. Yeah, yeah that was a that was really a great way to end it, there, buddy. Great questions. Yeah, good answers all the way. Very good. That across. was thought provoking. Um, again, yeah. so thanks to Andrew Rafael. Thanks, Trisha. Thanks, Dylan. Um, everybody, the only way this works, like I said last time, <laughs> is we need people to like and subscribe. Go to our YouTube page, please. Um, our Instagram, Instagram, Real Talk with Ryan Madrid, Facebook. Um, we need reviews, we need likes, we need comments, we need we need just more action, basically, so we can start uh, getting this going a little bit, and, and please share with your friends. So. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for having me on. You guys have been awesome. You're a great host. You guys are great behind the scenes, so uh, looking forward to seeing the future success of Real Talk with Madrid. You guys thanks, are Thanks, bro. We appreciate you having, appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll see you soon on yours. Awesome. Thanks, thanks. VIP Mortgage, for letting us uh, have this office. We hey. don't, we don't brand, Rulin. We don't brand. Tree Wealth Advisors. <laughs> Go check them out. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Real Talk is brought to you by Zunami. We all know that we should be doing more videos than we are doing. And one of the hesitations for myself is that I don't feel like I do a very good job filming them. Um, I get nervous about the way they're gonna look. And I am pretty sure that most people people feel the same way as I do. So Zunami is a product that will allow you to film your own videos and you can send those videos via, uh, via the app that you can download on the App Store. And they will make the video look professional because it is done by a professional editing team so you want a header you want a footer you want to just look better in general um, and for the cost it's it's unbelievably inexpensive so if you're looking for video help this is the best way to go about doing it um, especially if you want to film videos on your phone like we all should so it's Zunami with an x and that's it <laughs>